Welcome to Discovering You, a podcast that explores the intricacies of personality and how it impacts the way we navigate through life. What will you discover today? Hi, listeners. Hi, Heather. Hi. How are you feeling today? Did you check your mood meter or how we feel app? I sure did. I am feeling determined. Okay. It's yellow. Oh, it's funny because mine is yellow too. And I got energized. So that's good. Oh, nice. Again, considering it is later in the day. But I think you've said this before. I think I do when I know we're about to record. I get excited. I get a little bit of adrenaline, like all the feels. So that's good. And it's interesting to talk about this in the app and just doing a throwback to our last episode. I'm still so excited from having the opportunity to talk to Dr. Robin Stern. And it was such a great conversation and to kind of go behind the scenes and hear about her helping out with the app and being the co-founder of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. So we kind of went right to the source. It was such a good episode. If you haven't listened, it is one to put on the book. Yeah. So one before this episode 18. And again, I'm still uh, I still feel a little starstruck from having spoken to her. (laughs) (laughs) She was wonderful. Okay, so on today's episode, I'm rounding out the exploration into each disc factor with the fourth and final one, high C, but not before this month's disc illustration. World Music Day is next week, so here is disc according to genre of music. For high D, it's rap, direct, provocative. High I is pop, upbeat and fun. High S is jazz, smooth and mellow. And high C is classical, precise, cerebral. Here we go. The last factor, but certainly not least in DISC, compliance. This word is often met with distaste, both from those who have a high C, yes, and those who don't. It's not exactly a fun word, is it? Similar to dominance in sounding off-putting, but the difference being high Ds don't mind it, whereas high Cs do. And you may remember that with dominance, I said there were a lot of D adjectives that are sometimes used and even swapped out to represent that letter. Well, the same thing occurs with C. Sometimes it's referred to as conscientious. That works. Cautious. Yep. Correct. Totally on brand. People who are high in C are all of those things, as well as logical, analytical, diligent, creative, and they hold themselves and others to very high standards. With the compliance factor, it's almost as if there's two parts. And depending on how high your C is, you may have only one. For instance, I've worked with high Cs who embody the word compliance and are rule followers to a T. But they aren't as detail-oriented as one may come to expect with C. Conversely, you can have someone who is all about the details of a project and getting it perfect but they'll show some flexibility about adhering to rules that they don't feel are essential. If your C is very high, you've got both parts of it, and you're likely to be a perfectionist. High Cs are often in professions like engineering, architecture, and also creative areas like photography and writing. Some public figures who are high in C are Brene Brown, Bill Gates, Malcolm Gladwell. Listeners, are you getting a sense of how much See, you may have in your profile. Here are five questions from a DISC questionnaire that will give you a quick glimpse of whether your compliance factor is high or low. For each question, you're going to choose the word that is most like you and the word that is least like you. 
Remember not to overthink it. Just go with your first reaction. All right, number one, obedient, perfectionistic, determined, playful. If you picked perfectionistic as most like you and playful as least, that's a high C answer. Number two, companionable, accurate, outspoken, restrained. Selecting accurate for most like you and outspoken as least indicates high compliance. Number three, generous, lively, persistent, disciplined. If you selected disciplined for most and lively for least, you're on brand for high C. Number four, decisive, controlled, conventional, talkative. Controlled is most high C and talkative is least. And finally, number five, polished, daring, diplomatic, satisfied. If you answered polished for most and daring is least, that adds up to a high compliance score. So Heather, I'm curious, did your answers on this condensed version align with the fact that we know you have a high C in your full disc profile? Yes and no. Okay. I am split sort of 50-50 on these questions, which you can answer this better than I can, but I believe like three of them are high C (laughs) and then two of them would be high D, which fits with my profile. Yes. I think that is completely right because, again, we've talked about your profile in, in the past and you do have a really, really close C and D. And they can be quite opposite at times, right? Because C is more cautious and D is more direct and bold and taking risks. And so for you, yeah, it's sort of depending on the situation, who shows up higher, your C or your D. Well, and it's interesting too, because I'll use the first question as an example. I picked determined, which I assume is a high D factor. Yep. But perfectionistic weighs on me to a point. And sometimes that sort of portion of my profile, they fight with each other. (laughs) Yeah. I'll send you something and you send it back with corrections and I'll be so mad. Oh, not mad at you, obviously, but (laughs) mad at myself to be like, why didn't I catch those mistakes? And then like my high C fights with my high D about like, (laughs) just ship it, right? You spend enough time and and ship it. And so it's a positive and a negative for sure profile, but I can see now that I recognize more about this, Mm -hmm. I recognize where those two portions of my profile are at odds with each other. I find that so funny with your your C (laughs) is getting mad at your D. I think what's great is that having a high C, and I'm going to get into this more in the episode, can sometimes not allow things to move along as quickly as maybe they should. So for you, having that D is an asset because at a certain point, you're just like, hey, we got to get this done, (laughs) right? You kind of then I think the done is better than perfect. Thank you. I don't like the saying, though. (laughs) I don't like it either, but I'm a perfectionist. So it's funny because to a high C, I will say we need to ship it. Yeah. There isn't perfection, so we've gotten as close. But when I have friends who are high Ds that say that to me all the time, done is better mm-hmm. than perfect. And I'm like, no, perfectly done is better than Oh, my gosh, done. Heather, I was just having this thought on the weekend. <laughs> this is hysterical. I'll use the 
production side of the podcast for an example yep. right like it really matters to both of us yes. because that's the high c in our mm-hmm. profile that the audio experience is as good as we can make it within the parameters that we have set absolutely we do the very best we can yeah right? because that part of it matters to us yep and so to me that's the high c side of both of us exactly yeah and what's interesting about that is that this of all the factors this is the one that we have the most in common, right? Because, you know, what we have in common is that, yeah, we both have low eyes and we differ on the S. That's our most sort of different one. But yeah, the C is sort of in the same spot on both of our profiles. So it's interesting to see how that plays out. Obviously, we have the similarities of the C. And I think what you just talked about, really an adherence to certain standards and high quality. And then, yeah, I think the fact that my S is higher and your D is higher I think that's enough to give us that good balance of diversity in our profiles to make this really work. Well, and I think from a project standpoint, too, using the podcast as an example, your high S makes it have perspective. You reflect, you do all the things. And then the D in my profile, like pushes it forward. (laughs) Very true. So that we keep moving. Right. Very true. Because we could get where we're going too fast if I did it by myself and get there too slow, potentially. <laughs> totally. You You're absolutely right. You nailed it. All right. I just do want to remind everybody, and I've said this on the other factors, but remember, high does not mean good and low does not mean bad. So I do just want to give out that reminder. High C's are complex and they are honestly very misunderstood. So I'm going to crack the C code. There's a tendency to label them as shy and picky And they are even viewed by others as nerds. Because they're so detail-oriented, people often assume that they enjoy mundane, repetitive tasks, but this is not necessarily true. High Cs are known to be very creative and often hone specialist skills such as composing music, writing, painting, photographing. They are lifelong learners, and they want to ensure that their work is of the utmost quality. As I did with the other factors, I'm going to break it out across the same categories, beginning with communication style. So it's writing for high C's. They are note takers, list makers, spreadsheet creators, and it's done in a factual, detailed, systematic manner. And they are the people who like to send and receive emails rather than have phone calls. Putting something in writing leaves less room for error, and they always have it to refer back to. Plus, they can skip over small talk and address the matter at hand succinctly. Next, what motivates high C? Information? policy, accuracy. C's like to get things right. So adhering to an established set of rules and standards is comforting. What are their fears? Making a mistake ranks high on this list, which explains the motivators I just mentioned. They also dislike conflict, chaos, and any scenario where a lack of facts and details can jeopardize accuracy. So what questions do they ask and what do they want to know? As a reminder, here are the types of questions the other factors ask. D, it's what, I, it's who, S is why, and C is how. For instance, how does that process work? Or how will you get that task done? And what they ask themselves specifically and internally is, how can I achieve a high-quality result while mitigating risk? You may recall that high D also asks how they can achieve a result. But the big difference is that D looks for a quick result and accepts the risks that go along with it. The C's are very risk averse. So you can see how this aligns with their fear of making a mistake. When interacting with someone high in C, you'll want to focus on information, logic, details. 
If you're trying to convince them of something or gain commitment, you won't succeed if you use emotional pleas like, oh, you're going to love it, or I feel this for you. You will be met with a very skeptical look. Instead, you'll want to say things like, the information indicates that this is the right approach, or based on the data, you can see X, Y, and Z. High C's are not impressed by grand statements about somebody's accomplishments. They need to see some evidence of it for themselves. So you will always want to refer to a trusted source of information. By doing that, you're making yourself the conduit of this information. And by connection to that, you gain their trust. An important thing to remember with high C's is that their confidence level is intrinsically tied to their knowledge and experience. So high C's who are in a new role will likely appear tentative, taking lots of notes and asking questions. Sometimes their manager, especially if they're a high D or high I, is concerned that they're too hesitant and not confident. And so they may say something like, oh, just fake it till you make it. Well, let me tell you, this is the worst possible thing to say to a high C. What I tell the manager is that C's in a new job or at the beginning of their career are being careful. They're learning and absorbing everything to get it right. Once they've got some time and experience under their belt, their confidence is going to rise accordingly, and they're going to appear very different now that they know their stuff. C's are subject matter experts, and when they arrive at this point, look out. (laughs) Their confidence mimics that of a high D when they are in their zone. So be patient, it will come. Okay, now it's time to explore the strengths of high C, as well as some challenges. For strengths, well-organized, logical and consistent, Detail-oriented, conscientious, analytical, asks insightful questions, systematic. All very positive for sure. But as with every factor, there are challenges, and they are seeing things definitively as right or wrong, or black and white, with no shades of gray. Trying to do things perfectly can delay progress. Risk aversion. Being too critical. Too much focus on details can prevent seeing the big picture, and too task-oriented versus people-oriented. Okay, so here comes the coaching exercise around self-awareness, where we explore what we may unconsciously be sending out to the universe, and how your opposite personality style could perceive it. As with the other factors, I'm going to do a word or trait flip, where we see how something positive may be viewed negatively through a different personality lens. For a positive of high C, adhering to high standards, this is definitely a strong positive attribute that is very beneficial in the workplace. But seen through a different lens, it can appear as overly critical. A colleague low in C may see the behavior as nitpicky and judging others. (laughs) Something to remember is that high Cs hold themselves to the highest standards. And what you're seeing is mostly that. But it's good for all you high Cs out there including you and me, Heather, (laughs) to remember how this behavior can be received. I don't know about you, Heather, but I've definitely been told that I'm nitpicky. How about you? It's interesting. I don't get told that I'm nitpicky because I think my high D keeps me from writing emails that are (laughs) like that long that are perceived nitpicky. Yeah. But it's interesting. I do receive emails sometimes from a particular person and they must be a very high C and they at the end say, sorry, I'm so nitpicky. And I always respond, I love the detail. Yeah. My high D is like, I don't want to read this entire email. It's really long. But my high C is like, I can take this information and work with it because I'm dealing in facts. Right. So I can see both sides of it. 
Of course. That's the advantage of you having that high C in your profile, right? Whereas when it's somebody who's completely like if it's a high C and they're dealing with someone who's like very, very low C, it, you can see that that other style just looks at that and sees it as, oh, wow. And it's important. This is why I do this coaching exercise with people, because while that is not their intention and they, you know, they can be saying, but that's not what I'm doing. The reason we do this is, but what signals might I be sending off that this person is seeing? And so it's just always very helpful to take a step back, look at it in an objective manner. And it helps all of us to kind of hone that a little bit. And whether that's expressing yourself better, learning to communicate to say, oh, this is actually where I'm coming from, or just maybe trying to do it in a different way. It's kind of what it's all about. I very clearly know who my high D's are (laughs) that I communicate with daily. And so I just pick up the phone and call them. Yeah. Because they don't want my email at all. (laughs) Well, exactly. And that's one of the things that I always do. I have these little cheat sheets that I give out. And it's exactly that. It's like how to communicate. And there's little columns. And it's like, oh, hi, D. Yeah, do not send them long, detailed emails because they're not going to read them. But it made the communication so much better between us all because we all figure it out. Absolutely. All right. Another word flip. Analytical. So, of course, we need that, right? We need people to analyze information logically, make calculated decisions, but this can also be seen as indecisive. So too much weighing of pros and cons and analyzing every aspect could lead to analysis paralysis. And finally, the last word flip, detail-oriented. So it's clearly an asset. It's absolutely necessary in certain roles, but it can be viewed as not thinking outside of the box. When you're so focused on details, it can limit the ability to see beyond that. Think of it as being in the weeds and not looking up to see the sun and blue sky. Low C's are really good at out-of-the-box thinking. I always recommend having both high and low C in a brainstorming session. One to bring the innovative ideas and the other to actually make sure it's feasible. I'll let you guess which one is the high and low C in that one. And this is why it's so important to have such diverse disc profiles on a team. We need the detail-focused person just as much as we need the big picture thinker. Together, we are stronger. That was such an amazing recap. Now for the listener question. Is it possible to take on a disc factor that you are not naturally high in because your colleagues are even less so than you? I don't have a high D but I find myself behaving in a high D manner because someone has to make a decision and move forward. Okay, yes, definitely. It's important to remember that we all are able to access each factor. It's just sometimes they'll be stronger than others. In a situation where you find that it's necessary, you can dial something up or dial it down accordingly. When you do a full disk assessment, you're able to see your level of adaptability in circumstances. So for instance, you'll see a current shot of your profile at work and your profile under stress. And it can look quite different, especially if you're experiencing some type of shift or a career change. Knowledge is power. So having insight into what's going on with you can be so beneficial. Thanks for a great question. Listeners, the podcast is taking a summer hiatus, but we will be back in September with some great episodes on things like empathy, team role factors, and the four tendencies. I hope you all have a fantastic summer and we will see you in September. EQ versus IQ. Join Victoria for an eye-opening look at how soft skills are in fact essential skills. You will discover the limitations of IQ versus EQ, EQ's role in leadership and team harmony, 
the cornerstones of emotional intelligence, empathy, and self-awareness. How to uncover and develop your own EQ for workplace success. If you are interested in connecting with Victoria for team building, strategic onboarding, coaching, or speaking engagement, you can contact her at discoverwhatworks at gmail.com. This show is a Twisted Spur media production produced by our very own Heather McPherson. Thanks for listening. Remember, send in your questions to be featured on a future episode and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app.